Um, I'm supposed to read out of Joshua today. So, (laughs) glory. I get a glory. I like it when I get a glory. Reminds me of John Crowder. Glory. Skip around a little bit. All right. If you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, that is okay. We had a guest speaker who was so happy in the Holy Ghost, he skipped. And so I still get a kick out of that. I like it when, I like to be entertained (laughs) by the body of Christ. He cracks me up. People crack me up. They really do. He cracks me up. All right, let's read in Joshua. Um, So last week, um, God just out of the blue said, the manna has ceased. The manna has ceased. And, uh, you know, that's either scary or it's good news, right? Um, Depends on whether you're a grasshopper (laughs) or you're a Joshua or Caleb. But I just want to read here in Joshua. I'm going to start in Joshua 1, and then we're going to read in Joshua 5. So in Joshua 1, um, I'm just going to start reading here. It says, Now after the death, verse 1, of Moses the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, and to the land which I give to them, and even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given to you. From the wilderness to to, uh, the Lebanon, to the great river, to the Euphrates, to the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, that shall be your coast." There shall not be any man to be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you, nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people you shall divide for an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. I just want to stop there. Be strong and very courageous. He keeps saying this. Be strong and very courageous. Now, when he, he's saying this because there's going to be reason to fear. Okay? It means that when you're going into the prophetic promise that God has spoken over your life. Okay? How many of you have had at least one prophecy given to you either from God himself or from another person that is clearly you, it it bears witness with you, this is my prophetic destiny. If if you've had that, raise your hand, okay? This is my, if you feel you know your prophetic destiny, okay, this would mean I'm called to be this, I'm called to do this, and this is where I'm headed, right? Yes? Okay. Well, I want you to translate that prophetic destiny over your life with the promised land. Okay, that's the the place of the manifestation of your prophecy 
over your life. I've talked about it, how Lance Wall now talks about the season of convergence. And convergence is where your gifts, your talents, your anointing, your experience, you know, your preparation, they all come together and it's a season where like, man, it's just, this is your, you're like, it's the King David when he sits on the throne and reigns for the, his time of reigning. Okay, that's the season of convergence. It's where, again, your, your talents, your gifts, your anointing, your experience and your preparation all come to fruition and you step into the promised land. Okay? Yes? Okay. Now, so to translate what God is saying to Joshua into what he's saying to you through this passage, that's the way you read it. You read it like God is speaking to me. Now, let me, let me tell you, God is speaking to me about my prophetic promised land in the same way he was speaking to Joshua and these Israelites in that time. Now, this Moses is dead business, how does that apply to you? Well, here's the deal. If the work that you were called to do had already been completed, then there would be no need for you. But the work that you are called to do has not been completed. Now, that doesn't mean that other people were called before you to do it. Okay, because there's a generational move of God that's going on in the earth. So you have actually inherited assignments or an assignment that was prior, someone's prior assignment. All right, there's at least one or more people who have lived before you or have gone to be with the Lord or for whatever reason died in the wilderness, whatever, but there's a Moses that's dead. <laughs> there's a person who had a similar assignment that didn't complete the assignment. So you've inherited this assignment. Why is that important? It's just because there's a need for you on the planet. And if what you were called and needed to do had already been done, then you wouldn't need to be called and there wouldn't need, that prophetic promise wouldn't need to be spoken over your life. But there is something that you prophetically have been, you were spoken of in heaven before you were born. God spoke things over you. He wrote a book about your life, Psalm 116. I'm 139, 16, he wrote something, and it's, a, and it's a story about your life. And just in the same way, the Bible is like the record of God's, you know, covenant journey with man, and there's different players and different people who picked up pieces of that assignment and, and fulfilled that throughout time. You're a part of a grand story. You're a part of a play in heaven that was written by God and you have a role, you have a part to play and God has prophetically spoken it over you and you were born for such a time as this, in this hour and you're not too old, you're not too young, right? You're, you're not too anything. You're perfect for your part. You're perfect for your part. You're perfect for your part. And so many times... We look at other people to figure out who we are. And we are not called to be an echo. You are an original, an original piece of work. Okay? You're an original piece of art. 
And you have permission to be the original you that was created by God to be. And you have got to give yourself permission. You know, that's one of the best things about an apostolic gift. That's one of the best thing about the apostles that God hooked me up with in my life is because they are strong. I mean, I had to have people in my life, which apparently means you have to have people in your life because I'm cut of that same DNA. Here's the deal. Not everybody was going to get me. Now, I don't know if you feel that same way. If you just, you know, if you feel, man, I've just been, it's been hard to, I've been hard to be God, you know, in your life. I know for me, I was, I've been hard to be God. And so I needed apostolic graces in my life that just gave me a permission slip to be me. And I, I mean, these were, these had to be some characters because I think I'm just that strange in some ways. I'm just, I, I'm different. I think different. I, and that may be you. You may be the same way. And here's what we do in the body of Christ. We, we act like we have all these little cookie cutters and these little molds and we try to pour people into that. And this is the standards by which we operate. This is the standard way. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to be charismatic. This is what it means to go to church. This is what it means to be a worship leader. This is what it means to be, you know, all these various things. An author. This is what it means to be this. And we end up as a, as, as not an echo. We, we end up as an echo. We end up as a, as a, in, in a form of something that looks like you, but it's like a mannequin. It looks like you, but it's not the real you. It resembles you. It has maybe a form that, that looks like you, but it's not the authentic you. You're right? And so part of a, part of this apostolic atmosphere is giving you a place to shake that off. And let me tell you, that can be scary. It can be scary to shake off the conformity that we have gotten from religion. Because, see, religion is so afraid of looking like the world that it looks like something else. And being you is not a reaction to the world. I know that's deep. Religion reacts and becomes something as a result of what it doesn't want to be. And and it creates a form. And it's a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. So it's a form. It resembles God, but it's not authentic. And religion, we are steeped in it in America. Oh, it's, it is, it's a stench. We're steeped in it. And what it has done, it is, had put people in bondage to a form. And it has limited people's ability to be authentically who God created them to be. And it has made sacred, I mean, it's made this, the sacred, and it's put this dividing line up between sacred and secular, between church and state. And none of that is the kingdom. And so you, we even categorize, we, we end up dividing, you know, we're just in this divide, this, there's this divisiveness that is not Jesus. 
Because Jesus didn't fit in either. Jesus was a rev he was revolutionary because he wasn't in the world and he wasn't in the system. He was himself. He was the I am. I am that I am. And, you know, the sinners didn't know what to do with him. The religious people didn't know what to do with him. Nobody knew what to do with him, so he got crucified. Because nobody had a box to put Jesus into. They literally had no grid by which they could define him. Every grid they had, he wasn't that. Matter of fact, if you tried to, to draw a box around him, I mean, he would slither through the crowd without anybody even being able... I mean, like, I don't know how he did that. I mean, literally, you could not... I mean, they tried to nail him down. They tried, are you this? Nail, nail, nail. Finally, they nailed him to the cross. He was offensive to the predefined ideas that people had about him. And let me just say this. This is true for you. And if you are looking to the world or you are looking to any system, including the religious one, to define who you are, you're going to miss it. And part of a part of why God has planted this church in this hour and been doing the work he's been doing in me and the team and all of the things here is because this the atmosphere of freedom that we are creating here has got to be created. Now, it takes discernment, wisdom, and maturity not to get caught into one of or other of these forms. You know, the prodigal was in bondage. The elder brother was in bondage. They were both orphans that did not know how to spend their inheritance. They did not know how to be sons. Neither one of them. Whether they were partying with the prostitutes or they were, you know, working hard at following the rules. Both of them were orphans. And both of them did not take advantage of what belonged to them. And they were neither authentically who they were called to be. So when he says to Joshua, be strong and of great courage, I am saying to you, it is going to take great strength and it is going to take great courage for you to be you. You are going to have to be strong to resist influence so that something gets, there's a mixture in who you've been called to be. Because you are called to be purely you. Purely you. Not partially you, not a part of you. 100% you. Uniquely you. Freely you. Defined by no man 
defined by heaven. And so when he says be strong and have good courage, he says be strong and very courageous. Right? He says this in verse 7, that you may do, observe to do all of the law, everything that I've told you, which Moses, my servant, commanded you not to turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. He's saying you've got to be strong. And you've got to hear God clearly. You've got to hear God clearly. You know, one of the reasons I believe that God is raising up Emerge in this hour, which I, as far as I know, there is nothing like it on the planet. You know, Emerge is, is, is all designed around helping people answer what, I, what we're calling the five big cues of life, the five big questions of life. Who is God? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I headed? And how do I get there? So this whole picture of Joshua, this whole picture of the Israelites coming out of the world, coming out of under Pharaoh, coming out under a slave-based system, which the world is a slave-based system. Okay, it's slavery, where you make bricks without hay. Right? And it's the story of them coming into an identity that they had never experienced before. And it's the story of a journey of a people, some who were able to experience that identity, some who were not. You know, God was talking to me the other day, and he said, you know, the Israelites didn't have Rethink RMR. I, I, just, that's what he said. He said, you know, I wanted to lead them certain ways, but I couldn't lead them certain ways because their minds and their belief systems were so slave-based that if I would have taken them this way, they would have been killed. He said, so I had to take them a longer way because of the way they thought. But see, I recognize that we're sitting on a gold mine. And I don't just mean personal gold mine. I'm talking about we are sitting on the tools that have the potential to release the wealth inside the body of Christ. Because what is hindering you from being you is you. And so mind renewal is what's required so that you can observe and do all that God has called you to observe and to do. Jesus said this in John 17, I have finished the work that you gave me to do. I have revealed you. In the Amplified, it says, your very self, your very nature, I revealed. You know, so the idea that we can put God in a box, we cannot put God in a box. That's one of religion's favorite activities to do. Love to put God in a box. Love to be right and wrong, which is the tree of the knowledge of the good and good and evil. And that is a place that is reserved for God. God himself is the judge. Now, what am I saying? Because here's the deal. Every single one of you is somewhere on the journey. 
into the fulfillment of the prophetic promise and the manifestation of who you truly are in the earth. Every single person in this room is on this journey. Aware, unaware. Cooperating, not cooperating. Oblivious or partnering with the Holy Spirit on this journey. Uh, some of us are on detours. Some of us are distracted. Some, you know, all kinds of places on the journey. You know, some of us might even have some golden calves. I don't know where we are on the journey. But I, I know this. Wherever you are, it's an 11-day journey. Meaning, it's not a 40-year journey. God created the heavens and the earth in seven days. So how fast do you get from this place, wherever you are right this moment, into the season of convergence? It's not up to God. It wasn't up to God here. It was not up to God. God's, God's, this story of the whole exodus and government, this was not God's plan. Plan wasn't, the plan A was not wander around in the wilderness for 40 years and get that unbelieving generation dead. That was not the plan. The mindsets of the people kept having to change the plan of God. I'm not saying that God didn't know this was all going to happen. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that our mindsets limit God. And if we are not actively pursuing mind renewal, what are we pursuing? If you're not actively pursuing mind renewal, you need to have your mind renewed on why you're not pursuing mind renewal. If mind renewal, it says in Romans 12 too, is how we, we, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, it's how you get transfigured meaning who you are in heaven, meaning all of the things that God's put inside of you are now visible, meaning you are operating in the promised land that God ordained for you to occupy. So then, so then Shalice, what, what do we do? Well, first of all, let me just say this. You've got to put your hand to the plow to something. Because when you put your hand to the plow to something, that's going to reveal how messed up you are. You won't know how, what, how, how bad of shape you're in till you get to the gym. Amen? Amen. So until you put your hand to the plow, you're not going to know whether you're fit or unfit, whether you're ready or you're unready, whether you're going to take 11 days or 40 years to get there. You don't know. You can't just sit around working your 9 to 5 Waiting. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a nine to five. I always tell people this. I mean, you, wait, I mean, and there's multiple ways to handle that part of it too, right? Because yes, your gift, yes, the provision is t- the promised land has the provision. Your provision is there, but the journey to get there, you're on manna. You're believing God. 
And depending on how well you believe God, either you, you have, like Kenneth Copeland, one big pocket on the back of your jeans. You take it up your jeans so much, you got a unipocket. Because you're, you're starving, you can't eat. And you're skinny because you lost all the weight because you're not eating. And so you just, you can't buy new jeans, so you just have a unipocket. <laughs> Until your faith can catch up. So your mind is renewed on how to receive. And, and not just the, the, the miracle I'm just going to get a miracle after miracle. I'm just going to have a miracle come in. No, until you have vehicles which can transport wealth, until you have companies, until you can have organizations, until you can have followers, until you can have published works, until you can actually have assets. Can someone say that? Income-producing assets. If you think you're getting there some other way, you're not. It's called income-producing assets. You gotta have them to have money. I'm saying it's silly because somehow in the church we think we're gonna do it some other way. No, you're going to have income producing assets that are gonna relate, gonna replace a job. And until you have income producing assets that can relate, replace a job, then you're gonna be having a unipocket or you're gonna have a job. I'm just saying that's the way it works. And now there's all kinds of different ways to go through that. Some people don't want a unipocket. Like I didn't want a unipocket. I didn't want to take my kids through unipocketville, right? That's like one of the towns on the way to the promised land, right? Another one is your pregnant wife is starvingville, right? That was Andrew's journey, right? I didn't feed my pregnant wife while she was pregnant. Now, God bless Jamie, because if that would have been me, we would have been eaten. <laughs> especially while I was pregnant. Man, I, I, I wanted some fried fish when I was pregnant. It's so strange. I ate fried fish all the time. The point is, there's different ways to get there. Some people, Debtville, Small Business Loan Administration, um, Equity Investors. I mean, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to get But you guys got to, it has to be practical. See, I, I believe one of the reasons why God is also raising up this school is because I'm not just a faith preacher. I'm a businesswoman, and I know how to do it. I was a CPA. I know how to read financial statements. I know how to teach people how to be an entrepreneur. I know how to teach people not to just have a vision, but to be able to create a company or a ministry or an organization that can actually produce the vision. Because it's practical as well as spiritual. And it has to take, it takes both. It takes both. Right? So this means you have to be strong and courageous because you're going to have to, you're going to have to learn something. <laughs> to be you, you're going to have to learn something and you're going to have to kind of come to terms with the reality of it. And let me tell you this, there's no better way to get where you're going than to follow someone who's ahead of you. Meaning, meaning someone who's done it. See, I, see, I actually have fathers in the faith who I have been watching, have been mentored for years, who started with nothing. I mean, Bill Winston had $200. Started with $200. I started with $200. It took $100 to open the checking account and $100 to open the savings account. It's $200. Everything I've ever started, I started with $200. Well, 50 because then you had to do articles of incorporation with the state. So $50 for Ardell and Corpus of the state, and then $200 in the checking, $200 in the savings. That's what you need. You need 
Do it on $50 to get your organization started. Okay, you put your hand to the plow. Now, how fit am I? We're going to see. Am I going to Unipocketville? Am I going to Don't Feed the Pregnant Wifeville? Am I going to Debtville? Am I going to Equity Investorville? Am I going to build a donor baseville? Am I going to build a websiteville? Am I going, what am I, where am I, where am I headed? Am I going to get voice lessonsville? Am I, where am I headed? Where am I headed? Because I got a call of God on my life and I got to be me and I'm not me right now. Because if I was me right now, this thing would already be built and I'd be eating off the fat of, fat of the land. But it didn't build and I'm not eating off the fat of the land right now. So now what? Now, some of you are called specifically to this vision because we're all going somewhere. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying one way or the other, but I'm saying until you put your hand to the plow, this is what I'm saying, you won't know whether you can do it or not. And if you're sleeping in waiting on something to happen from God, you're going to be asleep a long time because he's waiting on you and your mind renewal, and your steps of faith, and you putting your hand to the plow. And I don't care how many times you get to the gym and you can't lift anything, you don't quit the gym. You keep going. How many ever times it takes? How many times is it going to take? I don't know how many times it's going to take for you. I don't know how many times it's going to take for me, but I know this. I just, how many ever times it's going to take? That's how many times we're going to do it. How many ever times you fail, you're going to stand back up and do it again. How many times it doesn't go right? You're going to stand up and do it again. Why? Because God promised. All right. So I wanted to read the first chapter, and then I wanted to read chapter 5, and we're going to wrap it up. Chapter 5. Okay, so he's telling them to be strong and courageous. Then they get over to chapter 5. And let me just, just read it here. It says in verse 1, And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of the Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, when they heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before, before the children of Israel until we passed over, their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. So let me just say this. There's going to be a point where you're going through the process, where you put your hand to the plow and you're renewing your mind and you're, you're going through the wilderness and you're living off the manna and you're following the voice of God and you're failing and getting back up and you're not quitting and you're confronting that unbelief and you're, you're renewing your mind and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you're so close. You crossed over the Jordan. You're so close. I mean, you're about to take that baby, Right? The giants are afraid of you. Here he's telling Joshua to not be afraid. When in reality, the giants are afraid. He's telling, we're going to take this thing. Don't be afraid. But what you, the people you're about to, uh, about to dispossess, they should be afraid. And then they go back and they recommit to the Lord. They circumcise themselves, meaning they're reminding themselves of their covenant. 
They're reminding themselves. When, when, in our minds, this means we're reminding ourselves of our union with Christ. We're reminding ourselves of our true identity. We're reminding of the one whose potential is actually about to be released. We're reminding ourselves that this is going to be supernatural. See, whatever you're called to do, first of all, if you're trying to do something that's really hard for you to do, that's not it. That's not it. You should be doing something that other people, by the way, would be like, wow, you're really good at that. Like if other people aren't saying you're really good at that, that's probably not it either. It's a gift, right? Like, for example, you know, I mean, I've had to catch up with what God's called me to do this year. When I first started to get behind the camera, I mean, oh, my God, this was just like, oh, my God, this is so weird, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, the reality, everybody was like, it's like you've been doing this for 50 years. How can this be the first time? Matter of fact, the video series that's coming out this week, that's the first time I've ever been behind a camera my whole life. And you look at that, you can't tell that that's the first time. This, I mean, people do it bad. I mean, some people sit in front of a camera. It's really bad. I'm not saying that there's not people. I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect or anything else, but you can, if you look at that, it's obvious. I'm not trying to brag about me. I'm saying I'm having an out-of-body experience watching myself because it's a gift. That's what a gift is. It's literally, you hear yourself, you see yourself, you look at yourself, and you go, wow, that's not me. Something's operating through that that is supernatural. That is not me. In the natural, I don't know that I could even do that. That's how a gift operates. It's a gift. It's a charisma. It's something that's going on inside of you that's supernatural. And I'm just using that as an example just to show you. you it, it might feel weird because you're just naturally so, it's so natural. It's just something that comes out of you, right? So, but, but the potential of that gift is supernatural. So they circumcise, they remind themselves of that. And then it says this, in verse 8, and it came to pass when they had done the circumcising of all the people and they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. Now this is powerful. Verse 8, they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. So part of it has to do with getting your identity straight. Okay, you've got to get your identity straight. You cannot be going into the, the promised land unsure about your covenant, not sure about your identity, and all, all jacked up and not healed. Meaning there is a place. You, do, you cannot go into the promised land without a level of wholeness. Your personal wholeness is important because the enemy is attracted to brokenness. And brokenness will not only produce sin in your life, brokenness will take you out. It will hook you up with all kinds of wrong stuff. And so they took some time in the camp to heal. Then it says, when the Lord said to Joshua, verse 9, this day have I rolled away the reproach, of e the reproach of Egypt from off of you. This day I have rolled the shame of slavery off of you. And wherefore this place shall be called Gilgal. Right? And then it says in verse 10, and the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month, even in the plains of Jericho. And it says in verse 11, and they did eat of the old corn of the land on the, let me read this in the Amplified. It says, and the manna ceased. Oh, wait, and they, that same day they ate the produce of the land. Verse 11, unleavened cakes and parched grain. Verse 12, and the manna ceased on the day after they ate of the produce of the land. And the Israelites had manna no more. 
but they ate of the fruit of the land of the Canaan that, that year. Okay? So there's all, I just want to throw this principle out, and then we're going to wrap it up. There's always a year of transition. Okay? I, I believe that there's, poss- and I say year, but there's seasons. There's seasons where your, the, the identity and the covenant with God is getting really established in your life. There's seasons when there, there's, a, there's a greater level of wholeness that's needed. And then, then that manna ceases, and you begin to eat the produce of the land. And that means there's a transition off of the manna and onto the income of what the promised land represents. So there's a, there's a process that God is taking us through. And recognizing you're in this process, I mean, I think a lot of times when we're so finished work, we're so finished work, we're so finished work, and we are finished work. <laughs> but our minds are not finished. And us catching up with the finished work in our minds, our, our minds will determine whether or not you experience the promises of God and whether you experience the promised land. Because it's based upon your belief. So, hopefully that's helping somebody. All right. Well, Father, I thank you for where everybody is in this room on their personal journey. There's a personal, I mean, you really, I mean, as I look at, you know, just different people, that you have got them right, they're on a journey right now into an amazing place. A place of wealth, a place of influence, a place of impact, uh, a place of, of promise, a place, Father, where their life, they're not just dreaming about significance, it, it, meaning they're significant in you only, but there's a significant place that they, they have in the body. And, 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 and if they're not there, the body's not going to function right. And so, Father, I just, I just speak grace right now. Grace, 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 grace over everyone this morning, Father, um, to put their hand to whatever they're supposed to put their hand to, God, to to show up, to show up mentally, to show up emotionally, to show up spiritually, God, to be strategic, your strategic partner in taking what belongs to them, God. And, And if they have fallen asleep, I speak, wake up in Jesus' name over you. And if they're distracted, I just say, Jesus, you've got their attention. And whatever has kept them from forward progress, supernatural, accelerated forward progress, God, we just curse that thing in Jesus' name. We say, you you die in the name of Jesus. You have no authority to exist because these people have been purchased with the blood of the Lamb, and they belong to Him. And so, God, we just move those things out of the way so that they can just begin again wherever they are. And, Lord, whatever that needs to be reconciled in their mind about what happened yesterday or the day before, or whatever's gone on in their past, Father, that has been like a ball and chain around their foot, and they've been trying to carry this with them. Father, we just declare that that those things are severed, and that the weights have been removed, and they are running unencumbered. They are moving forward, God, free, free from the past, free from Egypt, free from slavery, free from the things that they have allowed to define themselves. And, Lord, they have a new definition, your definition, a renewed mind that is full of truth and full of light. And they have eyes that can see themselves clearly and who you've called them to be, God. And you are allowed 
you're allowed to upgrade their image. You're allowed to upgrade their image of themselves. And whatever you're requiring them to do, Father, they're just doing it. They're doing it because they know Daddy knows best. And uh, I just bless everyone, Father, this week. Um, I thank you, Father, that there's assignments this week for them to make a difference in people's lives. And uh, they're fulfilling those assignments and being a blessing everywhere they go. And uh, we just thank you for it. And uh, we thank you that we're eating the produce of the land. We thank you, Father, that as a ministry, as a, as, a, as a house, God, we are eating the produce of the land, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, you guys, don't forget, registration for Emerge opens this week. Uh, if you are a member or consider this your home church, you're getting a 50% discount off of that. So um, if you are interested and you want to attend the school, you know, go through the registration, don't go through the registration part, but just email me, email me this week, email me at shalice at prayermountainco.com if you want to go through that school, and I will send you the link to a registration page that gives you a discount, all right? So if you are part, this is your church home, and you want to go through the program, we're getting you a 50% discount, but that's only for folks that consider this their home, all right? And really, I'd love for everyone to go through it because I want you to emerge. (laughs) I want you to emerge in all that God's called you to be. And so uh, you get lifetime access to it. So, you know, once once you have it, you have it. So, okay. Okay, we're all down under, right? We're deep. And I see this bling coming up out of the surface. Like, you know, we're free to fly like dolphins or whatever. Yeah. Amen. Come up. Come up higher. Awesome. All right. Well, you're blessed. And uh, send me an email if you want to partake in that. And uh, until next time, have fun, Paul Sue, on your trip. And glad you guys were here today.